warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! The Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. Hey guys, this is Shafe of the Dark Lord, and you're listening to the Bone Bat Podcast because you are awesome. For an hour or two But none of you seem to see the black and purple suited fella Sitting all alone at the bar Sipping on a Stella Well the sound guy steps to me and says it's time And that's my cue to kick some killer rhymes As I step up on the stage and hop into the spotlight Flip the power switch on I'm a wireless mic and go Rappity 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 rappin' Uh yeah That's when it first starts happening Now all you acting like you want a little action See Macking on me tactlessly All up on my package Please. Listen kitties I'ma break it down and make it see through as I delegate some invitations to my green room Who's it gonna be? You? You? Maybe you? Listen, this is what I'm gonna do I'ma do sex to all of you I'ma do sex to all of you Every last one of you I'ma do sex to all of you I'ma do sex to everybody in this room I'ma do sex to all of you I'ma do sex to all of you Every last one of you I'ma do sex to all of you I'ma do sex to everybody in this room Moment, let this awesome promise wash across you. Just the thought of all the sex that I'ma do to you has got you all so hot and bothered. Gnawing on your bottom lips, excited. All your fantasies involving me will soon be satisfied. And I will get it started. All your parts will start to tingle now. Oh my god, you are so psyched and nobody is singled out. I wanna put you all inside my mouth, all of you, and swallow you. And when I say all of you, I mean all of you. Ladies, let's form a single file line. Maybe undress first to save a little time. Oh, and fellas, oh yeah, I'm talking to the dudes too. Guess who else I'ma do sex to? Here's a you. Ooh, regardless of your weight or race or gender, I'ma do you, and that goes for you too, bartender. It's an orgy and you won't attend a bigger one this year, man. It's about to look like it's Caligula in here. When I do sex to all of you, when I do sex to all of you, every last one of you, when I do sex to all of you, when I do sex to everybody in this room, when I do sex to all of you, when I do sex to all of you, every last one of you, when I do sex to all of you, when I do sex to everybody in this room. And when it happens, it'll blow your mind. It'll shatter the fabric of your reality. You'll find that you were once so sweet and kind until I got you hot and naughty. I'ma do a bunch of weird stuff to your body. Oh, lottie dottie, baby, I'ma use the force. I'ma lock the doors. I'ma drop your drawers. Everybody's getting naked like their lady Godiva. Everybody's gonna wear a layer of my saliva. And I'ma go in and out of you. You're going in and out of me. Remember, nobody do each other. Keep me at the center of attention. Did I mention what you'll get for free? Everybody at this party's gonna get an STD. No inhibitions, no indecision. Just did driven 
and whip. Hedonistic debauchery in every room that I'm in. Oh, you know I'm so impulsive, I just roll with the flow. In fact, never mind, I've changed my mind. Tonight, I'm going home. Peace. I'm a do sex to none of you. I'm a do sex to none of you. Not a single one of you. I'm a do sex to none of you. I'm a do sex to nobody in this room. I'm a do sex to none of you. I'm a do sex to none of you. Well, maybe just one of you. I'm a do sex to none of you. I'm a do sex to nobody in this room. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 112 of the Bone Bad Show. This is Steve. This is Gord. How's it going, man? It's going good. Although I've been, I've been fearful, frankly. Fearful. What do you, a man in the prime of life, have to be fearful about? <laughs> I think the prime of my life has long passed me. But <laughs> I've been going to this website. It's a really great Tumblr site. Uh, deep Dark Fears at uh, Deep dash dark dash fears tumblr.com and what it is is it's uh it's an illustrator who takes his own fears of which he has many and also fears that people send in and he illustrates them and it's not just like you know fear of clowns or or fear of clowns killing you or or fear of clowns stealing stuff from you and then beating you to death with it like my fears <laughs> okay it's it's much more involved like uh and some of the ones he's illustrated actually are fears that I have. Not not full-on disabling phobias, but like there's one about this one person wrote in and said they're afraid to drink out of thin wine glasses because they're afraid that they might accidentally bite through the glass. <laughs> I've had that feeling of like drinking out of a wine glass. Like, God, it would really be easy just to chomp down, just to kind of spaz and like, oh, a mouth full of broken glass. Really? Huh. Yeah, you never had that? No, I have not had that. There's another one I saw illustrated. I usually drink to... with my lips, though, in all fairness. Oh, you don't shove the whole wine glass into your uh, mouth? No, no, no. My teeth don't usually get terribly involved when I'm drinking. Well, maybe you're not doing it right. Uh, that could be. But then again, I don't have any serrated lips. <laughs> That's not what I've heard. <laughs> but I mean... No, there's another one someone wrote in, and it was... Or maybe it was the actual illustrator. Walking in the snow for a long time... And your feet get numb, but they, they still kind of hurt. And you start wondering, what if I've broken a foot, but I don't realize it. And I'm walking for miles on a broken foot, making it worse. <laughs> so that, that kind of thing of like seeing something like the way the bumpers on ambulances are set at a certain height. that If you hit it just wrong or it hit you just wrong, it could scoop off your kneecap. Oh, jeez. Okay, so you, you've never had any any phobias like this? Any? I don't even think they're phobias, just morbid uh, I definitely you can't get around. I definitely have some things. Well, like, you know, I think you were probably there when it first happened, but uh, twisting my ankles. When we were running cross-country in high school, I stepped off of a curb and bent my ankle all the way over. Yeah. And real bad ankle sprain. And I still occasionally do that. And so, and, but... I will have, like, visions of basically, like, busting my ankle off of my leg. Like, all the way off. <laughs> yeah, like, like I'll just twist it, and there won't be a reason. I'll just move wrong, and that will happen. And that, that is definitely a fear or a phobia. And it, to the point of, like, I can't see ankle or leg injuries on TV. Oh, like God, I hate that. the football. football game last week with the Seahawks and the 49ers. I mean, we're probably going to talk a lot about this during the show. But the Navarro Bowman injury, 
was freaking brutal to watch. And they showed oh, it over it. and over and over again, like eight times back and forth because there was a fumble involved in it. And so they're trying to show what happened with the oh, fumble. Oh, no, I mean, I was watching the game. Oh, you oh, couldn't watch? I came on TV, I'm like you. I just, I averted my damn eyes. Yeah, it was it was horrifying. And so I, I cannot, that that really gets to me particularly. You know, some people like don't like eye trauma or yeah. or different traumas to the body. Ankle and leg trauma really gets me because of that. The other thing, like a phobia, and it's not me so much, but like, you know when you go hiking and you might be on like a steep mountain or a hillside or something, and you know how your kids are always like dicking around right by the edge? <laughs> always. I totally have a, like a fear that my kids are going to fall off the edge of something, and I'm not going to be able to grab and save them. That That is another phobia that I have. But you don't have a problem with going right up to the edge yourself. No, no, not so much, because I'm usually in control of myself, you know. But you never know, because kids like just do crazy shit. Like and they, they might, fall down randomly. Yeah, we'll fall down randomly or be walking down the si- a straight sidewalk and suddenly pirouette and run into a tree. I mean, yeah. kids do weird shit. And so especially in a situation like that where there's like a ledge or something like a fall, I get really nervous about that. Some people don't like heights not because they're afraid they're going to fall or because they're afraid their loved ones are going to fall. Oh, but I know they're afraid they might just at the last, it's like a momentary decision, just decide to jump. Just, yeah, throw themselves off. Yeah, I, can't, yeah. I cannot relate to that. I, I don't relate to that at all, but I do relate to there have been cliffs or steep things where there's no railing. And you oh. could imagine, like, just the edge crumbling out from underneath you, you know? <laughs> Like that type of thing. I had a thing when I used to work in my dad's office about the uh, the staple removers. Yeah. You know the ones where it's it's like a, a jaw with these really sharp prongy teeth, and you, you yeah, totally bite it close over the staple. I always worried that I would inexplicably put one of those over my lower lip, and just to see if I could do it, punch it right <laughs> through my lip. I hate when that happens. <laughs> you <laughs> or know, like, thinking about it rashly, like, I, that's, I, I'm not going to fall into this. <laughs> Still, th- to this day, those things kind of disturb me, and I, I don't keep any on my desk where I can see them because I don't even want to think about that. Right, or when you take one of those, you know that glass tubing from, like, a medical lab <laughs> and insert it into your, your penis, and then uh, you hit it with the ball. Bust it off with a brick? Ball-peen hammer? Oh, right. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Thank you, Saturday Night Live, yes. circa 1988. Bravo. Wasn't that Billy Crystal? I think it was. I think like, it was. Maybe Christopher Guest. Classic. Well, I don't remember his old security guards. <laughs> All right, well, uh, why don't we talk a little bit... Are you done with your fears? I'm done, for now. Let's talk a little bit about uh, something to be fearful of, our music tonight. This episode, we are very proud and pleased to present the music of the one, the only, Schaefer the Dark Lord. Dark Lord is one word. Who was here in Seattle a couple of weeks ago. I got to see him live, got to spend some time with him, interviewing him about his music. This is one of the, I gotta say, Schaefer's one of the coolest motherfuckers around. It was great to spend time with him, and his new album totally kicks ass. The song we heard kicking the show off is called Do Sex, off the brand new release, Sick Passenger. We're gonna have a bunch more of new stuff, old stuff, kind of a great survey of his back catalog, plus about a 20-minute interview with Schaefer. It's gonna be really cool. I hope you dig that. Yeah. 
Also, uh, Gord, you want to give just a little update where we're at with uh, film festival news? Oh, we're getting really cool submissions for shorts right now. I've seen a number of them that make me jump up and down. And we got a new sponsor. We do. Dolcetta Artisanal Sweets. Nice. They are Seattle's newest, premierest, high-end chocolatier and general candy goodness venture. And they will be providing yumminess for our film festival. I was looking at their site. They've got some great stuff. They've got like a, a dark sweet chocolate mix and then they have got chocolate with pretzels in it that sounds pretty damn tasty yeah they got everything that's the kind of thing that can fill you up in hour four of a nine hour film festival my friends that right there quality chocolate just reach into your goodie bag nom 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 (laughs) so we will have that uh, and as Gord mentioned, we're watching a bunch of films. Uh, we've started watching some features, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I watched a feature from the Netherlands the other day. And, and that's not something you get to see every day. And uh, I've got one sitting on my desk from Greece. So we are pulling in films from around the world. Very cool stuff. And uh, really looking forward to bringing you some film announcements before too long. And Bone Battle, uh, a Pathfinder Adventure card game has been added to the rolls. Of course, we already had The Duke by Catalyst Games, and also Dungeon Roll from Tasty Minstrel, and Titan Tactics from right here in Redmond. We are currently negotiating for Game 5, so this is going to be a really awesome tournament. Again, five games, come and play for a few hours. Basically, we'll award points for win, tie, or losing the game and then at the end of the tournament whoever has the most points will win a couple of tickets to the Boneback Comedy of Horrors Film Festival additionally we'll be giving away our play copies and a free drawing at the end of the event as well so really good chance that you're going to walk away with a free game or some tickets or something awesome plus you'll get to hang out with a bunch of cool people and have fun gaming how cool is that that's something awesome right there So, I hope you can join us again, February 26th, 2 p.m. at Games and Gizmos. Give them a call and sign up today. They've got a sign-up sheet, bam, sitting right on the counter. Fill out your name, reserve your slot to make sure that you are involved in this tournament. And it's free. Totally free. Cost you nothing. Nothing but time. That's it. So, dude. Dude. What pisses you off? You know what pisses me off, Steve? What's that, Gord? You know, I think... One, a long, long while ago, one of my piss-offs was Netflix. Here, here's a corollary. Okay. Got a got a DVD I've been waiting for for a while. Yes. I it. I was just about to announce it to uh, to my kid because I know he's been waiting for it for a while. I'm not even going to tell you what this thing was. Why? Because it's, it's rated like 1.2 stars on Netflix, but he wants to see it. So I get this. <laughs> I get this thing. And I, I am about to say, hey, look, the DVD got here. And it slips out of my hands and lands with a sickening crack. <laughs> you're not supposed to play Frisbee with those things, man. No, you're not. It's strange, you know, if you were to take a DVD and throw it at the floor, it would be maybe a little scratched. It wouldn't be cracked. But you drop one from, like, three feet high right at the wrong angle when you really, really don't want to break it. And, yeah, it's it's cracked. Isn't that how, like, most iPods break, too? It's usually, like, a low-level fall. Like a couple of feet onto a carpeted floor or something. 
That's what people always say happened. Yeah, nah, it happened to my wife. I mean, that's so. what she said. Well, did you witness it? No, nah, no, I didn't. Uh-huh. Because uh-huh. I dropped mine from, like, I bobbled it and then knocked it way up into the air and had it land on my driveway, and it was fine. <laughs> I don't know. The case exploded, but, yeah. you know, I put the case right back together again. Fine. Still has a case. Everything's oh, good. Cool. Yeah, I don't know. So, that that kind of pisses me off. Yeah. What about you? You know, I got a bunch of stuff pissing me off. Really? I, still, I just have the one thing and you got a bunch of I still time? have a cold. Remember, I had a cold last episode. I believe I mentioned <laughs> it sounded like you were deep-throating a toilet brush. Like it's sticking with me. I don't know why it won't go away. That's pissing me off. Tonight, I made a pizza crust, or today at lunch, because, you know, you got to let it rise all afternoon. So I got a pizza crust, getting that ready for dinner. And a lot of times what I'll do is I I heat up the pizza stone ahead of time. I'll put the crust in the oven and kind of pre-bake it for a couple of minutes so it's firm enough to put all the toppings on it. God, and you so, really advanced pizza. So I'm sitting there and I'm talking to Julie, chopping up vegetables and stuff, and f- totally forgot about my pizza crust, which had been rising all afternoon and burnt the shit out of it. Oh, total this is disappointment. This not the first time no. failed pizza has been on your list. God, that bugs me. List. Yeah, that totally pisses me off. But what really pisses me off, I think, right now is in our litigious society. There, there's been this trend lately of people trying to copyright words. Yeah. Have you heard about the game, the Banner Saga? Not a thing. So the Banner Saga, we saw it at PAX. It's like this Viking role-playing adventure game that uh, they did a Kickstarter for back in 2012, and it funded really nicely. They totally met all their goals. And uh, the video game just came out like a couple of weeks ago. And... Uh, one of the really notable things about it is it has, like, beautiful drawn animation art. It's just yeah. a gorgeous game. It's really good looking. Anyway, so the game comes out, and I guess they had tried to put in a copyright to copyright the name Banner Saga. And there was a challenge from the company King because they have the game Candy Crush Saga. What? Yeah. The- so Candy Crush is saying that they're challenging, preemptorily challenging the Banner Saga's right to their name because they're saying that, well, we do Bubble Witch Saga and Bullshit Junction Saga and all these other sagas. So people are going to confuse that your game is one of our games. Never mind, never mind the fact that Stoic's Banner Saga is a game of substance versus these little five-minute casual game bullshit things, right? Well, plus, it it sounds like they're trying to take and copyright the word saga. And the word candy. They've tried to copyright <laughs> both, which is absolute horseshit. I mean, if anybody has the right, I mean, the the word saga itself, sagas are stories about ancient Scandinavia or a Germanic culture, right? Or like the sagas of the Icelanders. So you'd think they'd have dibs. Yeah, you'd think. <laughs> right. Or even the crappy Canadian mellow rock band from the early 80s. <laughs> Or even Brian K. Vaughn's Saga graphic novel. I mean, there's a ton of shit called Saga. There is. And so for them to even challenge Stoic's right to the name of their game, I think is utter bullshit. It pisses me off. I had Candy Crush on my phone. I've deleted it off. I will no longer play a King game because fuck King. That pisses me off. (laughs) You said fuck King. (laughs) I did. But, you know, that, that annoys me when... There are things that are in the normal, everyday vernacular, and people try to make it their own. Like fucking sci-fi. That's why they're siffy now. 
because they tried to copyright sci-fi, and no, you can't do that because sci-fi is just a fucking thing. Right. That pisses me off a lot, so... But, you know, I mean, you've you've had problems copywriting in your cartoons and stuff where people will try to, you know, steal that shit. And if you don't challenge it, then the courts would look at it like, oh, well, you're not challenging, you know, your copyright. You're not trying to protect it. Yeah, you're not aggressively, you're not protecting your copyright. So it passes into the public domain. So that's what King is doing. But I I think, A, it's bullshit because you're not going to confuse the two. Or even didn't Metallica like sue Revlon because they had a Metallica nail color? Metallica sued everyone for everything. Right. And I mean, you know, as a band musically, Ride the Lightning's the shit. I like Metallica, but I hate that sort of behavior. So, anyway, that pisses me off. Man, anything else? No, I think that's it. Okay, that's a. You're, you know, you're an angry, angry man this I week. am. And you know when I get pissed, do you know what I like to say? What do you like to say? God damn it. Here we go. So, everybody, hands up high and just wave them from side to side. Right. Fuck that. Punch them up into fists and just pump them up and down like this. Yes. When nothing ever goes your way, when oh no's not enough, you say, God damn it. When you want to crawl up and die, when you're crawling up the walls, you cry. Suffering, running around a cage, then rage, and another thing. Everything is amplified by the overstated understatement of saying that you're just frustrated. You're worse off, first off, stricken by a feeling inside, and your pressurized tensions building and building up, building, hitting critical mass. You're gonna crack, man. Better start kicking some ass. Now, Mama did say there'll be days of this kind. The weight of the world weighs heavy on your mind. And you find that you're kind of like a water balloon. There's just one more prickle being doom. Kaboom, boom! You gotta let it go and just let it out. You're a little teapot, this is your spout. And you're about to start spilling steam out of your top. You gotta drop a G-bomb like it's hot or you'll pop it. No! Okay, hey, let me hear you heretics say. God damn it. When nothing ever goes your way, when oh no's not enough, you say. God damn it. When you wanna call up and die, when you're crawling up the walls, you cry. God damn it. When your hands wanna ball up and fists, when you're getting unbelievably pissed. Oh well now, don't you feel a little bit better? Was it just before you came and reveled like a sweater? Believe me, this is temporary relief. One crisis down and another one is lurking beneath. So just breathe and take a break from being negative. Lots of opportunities to use my favorite energy. Are coming up, tumbling and rumbling hurts. Lock and load and invoke the cousin of the curse word. Gonna pout about it or are you gonna sit and soul? Fuck that. Let your tongue turn into the halt. And cause a son of a bitch out backwards and sideways. Vomit up obscenity. Unleash a tirade. Get caught off in traffic. Your phone drops a call. You get sued or if you're a dude, kick to the balls. If you get a paper cutter, covet your neighbor's stuff. I got a couple syllables that I cannot say enough. Oh! Before you make your scene, break it down. 
imaginary supreme being. Damn is a verb to condemn is its meaning. It, in this case, is the direct object. So you're commanding God to condemn things. Got it? More than just an outburst of malicious intention. It is a compound word and a complete sentence. Divine interventions which you're ordering. When you command God to condemn the things that are annoying you. Who do you think you are, Mr. Big Stuff? You think God gives a shit about your business? You think he or she or it is you to compel? Do you think your stuffed toe is deserving of hell? Do you believe a tiny sentence so of the fiery path? Do you really feel an inconvenience? Warns God's wrath? Truth, you probably don't, but believe me, I do. So God damn it all to hell and God damn you too. And go! Well, one more time, let me hear you yell God damn it, nothing ever goes away When oh no's not enough, you say God damn it, when you wanna crawl up and die When you're crawling up the walls, you cry God damn it, when your hands wanna fall up in fists When you're getting unbelievably pissed God damn it, when the color red is all that you see When all you wanna do is break free God damn it, when you wanna keep it free from the fam Then you shout like Yosemite Sam Dang damn it, when you're lost like Alice, man What's up, folks? This is Steve from the Bone Bad Show, and joining us now on the show, the one, the only, Schaefer, the Dark Lord. How you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thanks so much for being on the show. Now, I gotta say, I don't really know if Dark Lords are made or born, so what is the Schaefer, the Dark Lord origin story? Oh, my goodness. Uh, the real one? Or do you want me to, uh, I, could, I could craft some really fantastic one that would be no, no way accurate. <laughs> as long as it's bitching. I'll give you a... Quasi a version, real one. I was a young child desperate for attention, uh, with a, a fascination with horror and fantasy. I grew up and became a troubled teen, a more troubled college student who played, ended up playing drums in a number of heavy metal bands. But I'd always had this this deep love for hip hop, and uh, at some point during college, I started uh, secretly making hip hop songs on a four track in the basement where my bandmates were asleep in the metal band that I played drums in. And uh, it, I just did that for long enough that it kind of ended up eclipsing my interest in playing drums in the band. And I followed the hip-hop uh, act much more. And as a result of both a childhood spent being fascinated with horror films and an adulthood being fascinated with the really kind of more horrific imagery associated with a lot of like black metal bands from mm -hmm. Scandinavia, sure. uh, I ended up with a hip-hop act where I rap about Satan and goblins a lot. <laughs> so that's how I ended up here. So when you started, was Nerdcore really a thing? Oh, no. I had been recording for years. I had toured. I had put out my first record. I had done a lot of stuff before I'd even heard the word Nerdcore. Uh -huh. And uh, I heard about it because in those early days of Nerdcore, when there was the Rhyme Torrents message boards, I found out that people there had been talking about me, and I had just kind of been... I kind of got adopted by the scene. Like, yeah. I didn't really seek them out. I never intended, I never went out with a, a mission to write pop culture heavy material or nerd themed material. Uh, I always thought that I was this demon heavy metal rapper. Right, yeah. And uh, as it turned out, uh, members of this, this burgeoning scene back in say 2007, 2008, they said, uh, no, you're one of us now. <laughs> and 
I got uh, raised by the wolves, okay. as it were. Yeah. Well, yeah, the first time I heard, I actually found out about you, I think, was on the AM radio skit on uh, MC Frontalot's Final Boss. Yeah. And I looked you up, and then I was you know, struck by this image of kind of nerdcore's cooler older brother you know nerdcore a lot of times there's a lot of songs about you know not quite being able to find a girlfriend you're surrounded by scantily clad gorgeous women that you know nerdcore guys they wear gaming t-shirts and jeans and you're snappily dressed i mean there's just everything like you look at nerdcore and then shaver darkheart is just badass just a little bit more and that's that's what struck me and, you know, that, that sort of, uh, I was talking to my wife about this, like the emo vibe in some of the music that's around today. Like, you're growing up, you're listening to music, and it's really kind of dark and heavy and woe is me. And I grew up listening to metal, which, yeah. you you know, <laughs> I'm going to drive my PE teacher in front of me and hear the lamentations of his women. Right. <laughs> Place the stones in a circle of 12 and recite the curse of the ancients. Yeah, it was about fucking power, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there isn't a ton of that nerdcore, and so you could bring that a little bit. Yeah, I, 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 I found a dark corner, <laughs> and I spilled blood all over that corner, and I said, this spot's mine, and the rest of you can talk about Magneto. Uh, no, uh, I mean, I, I, it, it definitely makes sense. I, I do share a lot of the same nerdy interests, obviously. Like, I love video games, I love comic books, love Batman. I, I just don't necessarily, that stuff doesn't show up in my material quite so much. Right. So, uh, I felt that, like, Surface-wise, it's like I wear glasses, so apparently I I fit the mold. But uh, it, it does make sense, especially when we all get together and we end up all talking about, you know, breaking apart like the same nuances of a zombie film, or you know, getting into the details of the newest trade paperbacks that we're all reading. Uh, it, it makes sense. I, I definitely like I connect with this this community and this scene, though it might not be quite as prevalent in my. In my music. <laughs> right. Well, and you see that, I think, a little bit in the trajectory of your albums. Like, Meet My Maker it definitely has the more metal vibe. Right, right. And then, you know, you've got Mark of the Beast, Nerd Lust, and Cat People. You're starting to fit the nerdy stuff in there. Well, I might have even been starting to pander a little bit. I think it was, like, around that time when I was finishing Mark of the Beast, I started realizing, like, oh, this scene... They've invited me. They've welcomed me, and uh-huh. they're, they're like they're giving me an audience, and and that's really nice. I'm going to write some material specifically that speaks to them. That speaks to these interests that we all share. Right. Uh, sure. Off that album, The Rapist, you did a video for that, and Manslaughterer, The Bender. Yeah. Now that ties into your burlesque interest. How'd you get involved in that? When I first moved to New York City, I did a show in a in a small venue, and the owners of the venue asked me if I after the show they liked my set and they asked me if I wanted to do have a monthly night there and I didn't know what that meant because I didn't I'd come from California where you just did shows in music venues with other bands I didn't know what having a night meant and it turned out you know lots of people have variety shows or comedy shows or, or whatever what, what have you and so they'd offered me this night and so I took it and realized that that meant I had to book a monthly show so I booked this monthly variety show and I found all my acts on the internet and I didn't know anybody I had no connections to New York and I put together the show called The Dark Show and it was a lot of fun but as a result of it, right near the end of that time, and this is like 2005, maybe, uh, I started booking a couple of burlesque performers. Okay. And after that, after my show ended, some of those burlesque performers who were in shows, I, I learned that they would have guest hosts for all of their shows. And one of them had reached out to me and said, hey, I was in this show that you hosted. Would you like to come and host one of our burlesque shows? I said, I would love to. And it just, thats that was it. Because... When you do shows in a burlesque scene, you're doing shows for other performers. Right. There are, the audience is, by and large, a lot of other performers. So 
if they see you perform, then they're going to want to book you in their show. And then somebody in their show is going to want to book you in their show. So and it kind of snowball. It snowballed. And then it was just years later, I was like, I, I, I'm a burlesque host now, I guess. <laughs> I ended up producing a show, too, and developing a show with my friend Nelson Lugo. And then we had a show for a while, and uh, that's, how I, that's how I ended up in burlesque. I've made a lot of really incredible friends to the burlesque community. They've also been great. They also just kind of invited me in. I find, like, there have been these two very different but in a lot of ways very similar scenes they all love Doctor Who that's it <laughs> the burlesque scene and the nerdcore scene they all love Doctor Who and they all just kind of like invited me in and, and made a place for me at the table and I'm very grateful for both communities for that nice well one of the things earlier this year you released a uh, was it the Epic Wind soundtrack with uh, kind of your takes on some songs from Little Shop of Horrors oh, that was badass oh, that's like my favorite musical of all time and I, I keep finding out these little things about you that I just think are awesome we did um, the, the Epic Wind Burlesque show it was always themed you know we would do a Batman themed show a Ghostbusters themed show etc we did a bunch of them I quit co-producing it and it became just Nelson Lugo's show uh, and then about a year after I quit he had told me he wanted to do an Epic Wind uh, the musical show where right. all of the performers were going to do numbers based on characters and music from famous Broadway musicals and asked me if I wanted to co-host and I, I just just pushed him out of the car and took the wheel. Because musical theater, also incredibly nerdy, uh, and also speaks to the burlesque scene, speaks to a lot of the nerdcore scene. And uh, I'd always wanted to do something with musical theater. So we wrote, we scripted this whole show, and we did a bunch of bits throughout the show, uh, musical numbers of our own, to kind of tie the whole thing into like this one big narrative and, and all of the my favorite musical of all time is Little Shop of Horrors. Hell so we, yeah. So we did a number of songs for that. And then we had, we actually, I, you know, produced recordings of the songs so that we could make a, a, a soundtrack that we could, it was downloadable. That was, that was probably the most fun I ever had in Epic Wind Burlesque was doing those, that musical was so much fun. And doing all those, those Little Shop songs was a blast. And those cuts are downloadable for free listeners from Schaefer's Bandcamp. So you must get those because they're fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yes. Please go get them and they are free. So that brings us right up to Sick Passenger, your latest album. Now, you crowdfunded that, correct? Uh, yes, I did. It was my first uh, foray into uh, crowdsourced fundraising, uh, and everybody was really generous. Everybody really came out, and uh, I got to a point where I was, you know, I, I'd set a goal that I thought was was modest, and I remember when, it, when, when the money started going beyond it, I started getting really nervous, and I wanted to shut it down. I wanted to make it stop. Just stop giving me money. I only need, I only needed this much. You don't have to keep giving it to me, please. It really helped out, and uh, as a result, I got to finish that record, which was uh, a really intense, intensely personal record for me. Uh, that you know, I spent two years in almost isolation <laughs> working on psychotically. Not really two years. I this past year or 2013, most of that year was spent alone in my apartment, hunched over my computer until I finished it. And, uh, but I really, I couldn't have, I couldn't have uh, afforded to have finished it had it not been for all of my backers. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm really glad I did. It's interesting for me to look at the material now, and now I can actually hear what the stuff is about. Where when I was making it, I would like kind of lose sight of what the actual material was because I'm so obsessed with just the individual wave files of it. You know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you're seeing the spikes yes, and you're not hearing the content. No, I know exactly it, yeah. what you mean. It wasn't until the whole record was finished and went off to the, to, to the plant and was being pressed when I sat down and listened to it and I didn't have to, I wasn't thinking about how it sounded or anything, just listening to the material and realizing like, oh my God, what have I done? Am I, am I really giving this to my audience? What have I, what have I done? Why wasn't there somebody here to intervene? <laughs> 
Well, it's a very cool concept album, so folks, you do have to check this out. It's got skits. One of the amazing songs, though, to me, uh, Dusak's awesome. Thank you. That uh, Intervention has <laughs> got everybody ever on it, and it is just a great song. It sounds good. It has a ton of lines from great people. It's just kind of a big highlight of the album. Well, thank you. Uh, that was actually, when I was working on that, it, it, is, it is common for us uh, rappers who are friends to do guest appearances on one another's records. Right. We'll reach out to one another, say, hey, I'm working on a new record. I'd love to get you on a song about this. Or I would, you're working on a new record. If you've got space, I'd love to be on your record. You have a song that I might fit. You know, we do that all the time. We mm-hmm. trade off. And when I was working on this record, and I'd been talking about it for a year and a half that I was working on it, a number of my rapper friends came out and said, hey, I'd love to be on your album. And I kept looking at the, this, this concept record. It's incredibly personal about my own experience, and there wasn't really a place to put any of them. Like, not, not all these songs are so... They're deeply personal. They're right. deeply personal that I couldn't really just shoehorn anybody in. And, but all of my favorite rapper friends were excited, and I felt bad telling them no. And one day, this idea just came to me that, you know, that as they were more and more kind of pressuring me and saying, you know, you really ought to let us on, it started feeling a bit like an intervention. And I realized this might be the climax of the record. And so. I pitched the idea to them to the, just stage an intervention for me. Like, you know, it'll be this fake intervention song. I'll only do the hooks, and you guys will do all the verses. You can, you know, intervention about anything you think is wrong with me. You can go funny with it. You can go serious with it. Well, as it turns out, they all went pretty serious with it. And as a result, I ended up staging my own intervention, which I then had to, in real life, talk to my real-life therapist about. Hey, I pitched this project to all my rapper friends, and I accidentally had an intervention. And then my therapist is like, well, do you think you need an intervention? And then my record in my real life turned into this big swirling black hole. Uh, the experience of making that song was, was, was kind of the most intense part of that whole wow. record. Yeah. Uh, and everybody did a great job, so thanks. Uh, Adam Warrock, Doc Awkward, uh, White Cracker, Jesse Dangerously, MC Fun A Lot, Cool Z, and Nelson Lugo. You assholes. <laughs> so you released that, and you haven't really slowed down. You had a song that just hit with uh, Mark and Eugene, with uh-huh. Adam Warrock, which yep. kicks ass. Thank you very much. You have a podcast, Epic Podcast, that you do yourself now as a yep. podcaster. That Got to give a shout out to that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Nelson Lugo and I have a, pod, uh, a podcast called The Epic Podcast. Uh, and uh, I've well, now that the record's done, I've also been able to catch up on all of these guest verses that I had to put on hold. Oh, okay, sure. I had to keep telling people, like, can't do it right now. I'd love to in a few months, but I'm in the middle of this record. And so right, right, right. now I've gotten time to, and it's fun now to write stuff for other people's songs because I don't have this big thing weighing down yeah, on me. Yeah, sure. Uh, the and, sort of Damocles. Exactly. <laughs> and now that I've done this the big... CD of Damocles. Now, exactly. And now that I've done this thing that I always wanted to do, this passion project, this a concept record, uh, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> and I'm going to kind of follow some of my peers' business models, Adam Warrock. And I'm going to start uh, releasing, you know, shorter albums, EPs, more frequently. So I hope to have get another EP out uh, this year. Uh, well, you did you did Junk Drawer in 2012, right. that was, which is a cool compilation. A little bit, a little salute to the Beastie Boys there. Yeah. Also, uh, your uh, my dinner with Jello. Now, actually, you don't know this yet, but the theme song from Bone Bat is like a total ripoff of Holiday in Cambodia. Oh, really? <laughs> Man after my own heart. So bone bat instead of pole pot. So it was cool to see that. Now, did you actually get to meet him? I did. I, that song was actually so. So junk drawer is a is a collection of songs that I've never released because of like uh, many cases because of uncleared samples, yeah, of uh, or just songs that I didn't want to put on a full album. Uh, 
remixes, covers, things that I just couldn't really get away with putting on uh, full-length albums. Michael and, Kill did a job on The Bender, which yeah, is awesome. Yeah, Michael Kill's remix of The Bender is so much better than the album version of The Bender. <laughs> uh, so I, I just got them all together, and because it had been so many years since I'd released Manslaughter, which is my last full-length record before right. uh, Sick Passenger, I was like, I have to do something because my fans are getting antsy. It was basically like when you see a heist movie and people are breaking in somewhere and they have like a steak and they throw it to the guard dogs. That's what that's what junk drawer was. Here, gnaw on this for like 12 months and just let me finish this record. Uh, so I so dug up all this old... Placebo. So, yeah, so, so my dinner was Jello was recorded in 2003. Oh, okay. Uh, so it was old and I, I, you know, it had been in the vault for a long time. It's about a, a fantasy dinner day with one of my all-time heroes, right, sure. Jello Biafra of the Dead Kennedys. I had, at that point, I hadn't met him. So this whole story, I'm having dinner with him, but I don't actually know him, so I don't know how he's going to behave. So all I can write up for him is him talking lyrics to me from his in song. lyrics and Dead Kennedy songs because it's it's basically like this, it's like a dream that I'm having as this like, psychotic fanboy. Years after, or not years after, oh no, actually years have passed. After I'd finished the song, I'd sent it to Alternative Tentacles in hopes that he would hear it. And one of his staffers wrote back to me because Jello doesn't use email. One of his staffers wrote to me and explained, like, oh, Jello loved the song. And I was just floored. Uh, I did a couple of shows, and I was living in San Francisco at the time, and I did a couple of shows before I moved away to New York, but he never made it to any of them, and I was so disappointed. And then one day, I was on tour after I'd moved to New York, and I was in San Francisco, and it was the last night. I'd played the last song of my, of my set, and I was the headliner, and it was over. And they turned up the lights, and they turned on the house music, and the show was over, and I just assumed that he hadn't come again. I turn my back to like gather up my merch so I can go to the merch table and I hear this voice behind me go hey you didn't play my goddamn song <laughs> I turn around and there he is he finally came to the show so I run to the soundboard I'm like turn off the lights turn off the music I gotta do one more song and so I finally got to perform it for him and oh that that's was, fantastic yeah that was a really really kind of magical moment for me that I got to do the song for him and he was very uh, he was very flattered and he was very like encouraging and uh, he was really nice about it Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. He Phil, I'm so glad I asked. I knew there was a story there. Yeah, no, he was cool. He corrected me about a couple of things, and it was funny. He was like, one thing about this song, like in the, in the song we go to a Thai restaurant and he <laughs> right. orders prawns, <laughs> only because it rhymed. So he comes up to me, he's like, I just got to tell you, I don't eat prawns. And I was like, that's funny because I don't either. <laughs> so I wrote in a detail just that would have never happened in real life. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I've been keeping you long enough, but uh, what do you got going on in 2014? 2014, well, uh, right now I'm currently on tour with uh, Adam War Rock and Tribe One of the West Coast. I got a bunch of guest verses I got to crank out when I get back to New York. Going to try and put out an EP at some point. I got another music video from Sick Passenger coming out in a couple months. Cool. Or maybe sooner. I don't know. It's, it's all in the can, so okay. hopefully it's coming soon. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to keep writing material and do more shows. I'll be South by Southwest in Austin in March. And... Uh, just going to try to um, enjoy being able to do a lot of stuff instead of spending all year doing one thing. Uh, so I, I'll spend more time on the road and I'll, I'll release more music. And I'm only saying this publicly so that my audience will hold me to it. <laughs> cool. Well, listeners, keep an eye peeled for his tour dates. Uh, one final question that we always ask all of our guests here okay. on the Bone Bat Show. Schaefer, what pisses you off? Male entitlement on social media, <laughs> like nothing else. When men get really challenged by anything with a feminist slant because it challenges this incredible comfort of entitlement that they've enjoyed, of privilege that they've enjoyed all their lives, 
and they get up in arms about it. Those fucking men's rights activists, nothing pisses me off more than that. Nice. That's a great way to go out. All right, man. Well, uh, you want to introduce a song for us here? What would you like to listen to? Oh, are we playing songs off the new record? Yeah. Well, let's get it started from the beginning. How about let's play the first song from the record, which is my favorite song on the record. It's called The Opener. I've talked of my disease. If you get nerd hot nightly, well, then you're a lot like me. See, I'm an oddity, an oddball, an anomaly, and I got all of my skills from my history, musical theater, and heavy metal and comedy. All of these rotten kids calling me labels that I've been unable to keep falling on to me. Honestly, I've managed to amass a modestly sized following. Follow me. We're gonna go on an adventure. We're all in this together. Now, ready or not, here comes a heavy weather. All aboard, but just you be warned if we are delayed, I'm to blame. Cause guess what? I'm still the sickest passenger on this train. Yeah! Open up your eyes, open up your mind, open up your heart, open up your hands, open up our eyes. Open up your arms, open up your wallet, open up your mouth. The opener has come to open up tonight. Everyone's waiting to see what will happen now. Who is the stranger that's rapping? You're asking. My fans have been nagging. When you coming back and while I'm in the lab, is still tracking this action. And if you downloaded this record for free, then good for lucky you. And if you've already memorized all of the words, whoop-de-fucking-doo, dude. I'm humbled and honored and grateful and all of the rest you'd expect. But I am so old and so cranky at times it is so hard to hide my contempt. Please don't take it personally if I am currently, if I should scarily snap back. In my defense, I already warned you all I'm a very bad man. And I've had struggles with drugs and lots of weird issues with sex, it's true. Just ask my therapist and my army of exes, too. Callous with my family, a jackass to my friends. But I'll never change, I'll never apologize, and I'll never attempt amends. Look back to the show, so now that I have been released from my cage, I paid your head. Line. Show them to the place upstage As I rap and I point and I sweat and I spit and I swear and I kill and I shout And drop my mic, light my piano on fire and bounce them out Yeah! Open up your eyes, open up your mind, open up your heart, open up your hands, open up our eyes Open up your arms, open up your wallet, open up your mouth The opener has come to open up tonight Open up your eyes, open up your mind, open up your heart, open up your hands
Once again, that was the opener from Schaefer the Dark Lord's brand new release, Sick Passenger. Thank you so much again to Schaefer for joining us on the show. That was a fun conversation. I had a great time chatting with him. And you can pick up his music at SchaeferTheDarkLord.com. And you should, believe me. Hey, how do you spell Schaefer? S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R. There you go. So, dude, why don't we talk a little football, man? I thought the season was over. For you, it is. (laughs) So that was a hell of a game, man. The 49ers against the Seahawks. I got to say, I was scared shitless. That game could have gone either way, and it almost did. And And it it was just, but it didn't. I mean, what a hard hitting, bloody game. Oh, yeah. I mean, those guys were trying to kill each other. Yeah, that was some good hitting out there. Although, I could do without the 75 slow motion replays of people's legs breaking. Thank oh, you very much. Oh, man. Yeah, that was that was really bad. <sighs> but at least there weren't any bad ref calls or anything. Oh, you're like. trying to bait me into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You got it. Sometimes, if you're a championship team, you got to be able to play to beat the other team. And you got to be able to play to beat the refs. And San Francisco, they couldn't do that. They couldn't do it. So, they're not going to the Super Bowl. I I appreciate you taking your loss like a man. That's pretty good. Or a woman. No, I'm a whiny bitch. (laughs) You you were getting kind of whiny at the end there. When you started indiscriminate. watching a game like that. That's that's kind of the reason I stopped watching basketball was there were enough games where it just came down to – it was a close game, but the refing was so one-sided that you just had to go, this yeah. isn't fun. Yeah, and, and you would like to see, I mean, granted, the game of football is so fast that you can't see necessarily everything, even if you're right there. But then you've got instant replay. Why not have more plays that are reviewable or challengeable? Yeah. Especially and in a game where it, it right. You know, you could keep the number of um, challenge flags the same. But have more booth reviews. If if a guy's right. laying on his back with the ball in his hands and no one challenges it or, or whatever, you should be able, for the sake of the game, have the, the booth go, no, when you see a guy laying on the back on his back with a ball in his hand, I guess it's his ball. Right. But I mean, in fairness, the play after that, Marshawn Lynch fumbled and the Niners got the ball back. So oh, yeah, that, yeah. that but, play I mean, really had game, no right. But that play, cosmic justice took care of that. Which does sometimes happen in football. Yeah, it does. But there were there were just so many plays, and it would be great if, you know, they've made changes in the past where they changed the number of refs on the field. Yeah. What's what's yeah. to prevent them from using technology, like uh, all the cameras they got whizzing around, and and a ref in a booth that's like a full time ref. Yeah, that would make sense. Or lasers that go down the field, and there's a sensor in the football, so you know if it's out of bounds or not. Right. The lasers that are on the goalposts that go all the way up to the planet Jupiter, so you know if it's a field goal or not. It's, yeah. I fear the technology. You've got a good point there, because I've bitched for a long time when the, they play on one of these shitty fields in the in the northeast, it seems like invariably, where it's like frozen dirt. And it's like, my opinion, they should have, you know, we don't use leather helmets anymore, put in field turf in every single stadium, so people don't have their legs broken off underneath them while they're trying to play a game. Yeah, totally. I don't have to go yeah. so far as to make sure everyone is in a dome and the temperature is always within a certain spec. But no, no, no. But right. they have they used to play on. Yeah, 
astroturf that was just little plastic fake grass on concrete. Right, yeah. And that sucked. And I mean, I've been on the Seahawks field. You can bounce up and down on it. It's like cushy. And it's yeah, like but fake they, grass. Security threw you out for that. So. No, no, actually, we got a field pass one game. Oh. We were allowed to be down there. But uh, yeah, it's pretty cool because it's like this fake plastic grass that's two or three inches long. And then there's like little bits of uh, ground up tire in between it that's kind of like dirt. So you kind of, it's bouncy. Kind of like, you remember how our track was in high school? Oh, no, I've been on those yeah. kind of fields. Yeah, it's before. pretty cool. Talking about. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would like to see that too. More technology. And that way, you know, you're keeping people safer. And at the same time, you're getting the calls right. Because hey, people shouldn't get called for a helmet so to helmet hit. Calls, so. Yeah, you shouldn't get called for a helmet to helmet hit if it's like a shoulder to whatever back hit or whatever. It is. Oh yeah, and there's so many of those getting called now where it's 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 clearly a guy shoulder to shoulder, but they throw a flag and call it helmet to helmet. That I hate that. Yeah. Well, speaking of hate, there's a lot of SF hate going on right now for Richard Sherman. Man, what was that picture that you posted? Of, like, somebody painted a bad Peyton Manning whizzing on <laughs> Sherman's posted. jersey. You, you posted that. I didn't post that. I didn't post it. I think that was my friend Gonzalo. Hey, Gonzalo. <laughs> well, that's funny he tagged you, too, though. I thought yeah, you posted that, it. Yeah, that is funny. But, yeah. Uh, you know, here's the thing about Richard Sherman. Everyone likes to jump to his defense and, and talk about what a smart guy he actually is. No, Seahawks and, fans do. Not everyone. Okay, yeah. Everyone who lives in a cold, wet place with a team that's never won a Super Bowl likes to talk about what a smart guy he is. And this is what they cite to, to back themselves up. He graduated second in his high school class, and he got a college degree in communication. Okay, I graduated second in my high school class. And I have a degree in communication, and most people consider me kind of a dumbass, so <laughs> I really don't know what that says about Richard Sherman. But didn't you, during one interview, yell when somebody didn't answer a question, that's why you don't mess with the best podcaster? <laughs> I did. I did actually yell that, but it was so <laughs> mangled by my raw emotion, you couldn't even tell what I was yelling until you listened to it several times. Well, you, you know he was fined uh, $7,850 for his... Uh, explosion slash making the choking sign at uh, quarterback Colin Kaepernick. Why is the choking? I mean, okay, that's rude. But you're saying that the choking sign itself is some sort of... I think, yeah, that's kind of like nowadays sports people get real tight about the choking sign. Which to me, it was funny because during like media day, somebody asked him, Sherman, if he regretted that. He was like, no, it's Reggie Miller. And yeah, Reggie Miller basketball used to do that all the time. That was like one of his signature moves. And so he was looking at it as like a classic gesture that you do. There's certainly one that uh, will <laughs> piss gesture, people off. Like the middle finger? Yeah, will piss people off, but you know, that it was within the realm of bounds. But sports writers were just, oh my God, I can't believe he gave that choking gesture. And I don't know really why that's so bad now. I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't like to see my son doing it at his basketball game on Saturday. But I, I don't see that it's that bad. But people get real tight about it. If anybody has any idea why that is so inflammatory now, I'd like to know. You'd think that the uh, shooting a pistol sign or the not paying the alimony sign would be bigger deals for the NFL. <laughs> I'm not sure what the not paying alimony sign is, but, you know. <laughs> is there a sign? It, I, I think I'd know it if I saw it. Good Lord. Uh, and then Marshawn Lynch. 
Sanders. Like, he's been all the story this week because he doesn't like to talk to the media. Good for him. <laughs> Have you heard his little, the, the little bits of interviews he did, though? No, I still haven't gone and, and listened to those. They're I'm going to give him the dignity of not listening to him talk to the media because he doesn't want to talk to the media. They're pretty funny, though. Uh, his uh, fullback jumped in and like did like the, the lawyer thing <laughs> where he was like answering for him today, and it was pretty oh, yeah. funny. I could imagine, though, if you were a, a sportscaster or journalist, you might get pissed, though. What is it? The Federation of Football Journalists or whatever actually filed a complaint against him? Well, for no, for not you know being available more for their dumb questions during isn't his job to play football? Yes. Well, and that's one of the things he said is he's like you know you guys are supposed to be the bridge between me and the fans, but the fans don't have a problem with me. So why am I doing this? You know, it's just for you. See what they what happened was all season he doesn't really talk to the local media in Seattle. You occasionally hear little snippets, but not very much. So somebody complained. And he was fined by the NFL $50,000. And so he challenged it, and what they did was they held it in abeyance. So they're holding the fifty grand, and they're going to fine him more if he refuses to talk to the media anymore, but they'll give it back if he toes the line. And so that's why he's doing like the bare minimum during these media days at the Super Bowl to get his fifty grand back. And so, so one of the, right, one of the journal, journalists says, well, why are you having such a problem speaking with us? He goes, I don't have a problem. He says, the problem is when, you know, you people try to take something from me. That's when I have a problem. The journalist says, well, we didn't take anything from you. That's the league. And he says, well, somebody had to call and complain. Mm-hmm. And it was probably a journalist. He's absolutely right. And so that's why he's salty and pissed about it is because he got, you know, the journalists weren't getting the quotes that they wanted, so they ratted him out to the league, and he got fined. And he's salty, and he doesn't want to talk to him. Now, I wonder if he could do something like only communicate in prepared statements that are all in iambic pentameter. <laughs> well, what he was doing was, he was just like, you'd ask him or a like question. Like, not answer the question that's asked at all. Well, that's kind of what he's doing. He's like, hey, Marshawn, what do you think of the Super Bowl? Just, it's pretty good, boss. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite thing about this week? I'm just here to play football, boss. <laughs> like, you just repeat this over. And so then Michael Robinson, the fullback, takes over for him and starts answering the exact same way, and it was really funny. So it's worth watching just for that. But I can understand if, like, you were a fan of another team, it might piss you off. <laughs> Maybe the Broncos. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I think you should have more fun with it, though. Like, every question that's asked, he should try to tie it back into some other completely unrelated topic. Like, like... The proper hanging of of curtain rods in your living room or just something really, really obscure. Right, like so many of these guys do. Because, you know, my days back playing football, after I used to tackle a guy, I'd go in and drink a big glass of MX1. MX1 is like, <laughs> you ever notice how they do that? Like it ties into what, whatever product they're working on. Whatever first. product he's got. Or, or maybe, like, totally talk up a different sport every time they ask. <laughs> well, it's like they do in curling. You know? <laughs> yeah, that, that would be good. It doesn't matter how fast you're brushing, it's how well you're brushing. Like, I don't know. Well, you know, the, the, the game is subtly changing, too. Have you heard that, like, there's some discussion amongst the owners about getting rid of the extra point? What? Yeah, yeah. Roger Goodell, the uh, commissioner of the league, was. I saw an interview with him. He was saying that because at last year there were like 1,200 extra points kicked, 
and only five of them missed or something like that. And it's such a fait accompli. He thinks it's boring and it slows the game down. So That's they, cool because you can go for two. That's what's cool about it. Right. Well, here's what he's saying. He's saying, what if a touchdown was seven and you could go for eight, but if you missed going for eight, then you're back to six? Which is no, no, yeah, Don't that's take a, points off the board. Yeah, what con- convoluted bullshit is that, right? And the other thing is, the kicker doesn't do that much in the game anyway, right? He kicks right. off and he kicks field goals. Give him that. He, Keep the poor bastard warm during the game, so he right. can so he can do the kickoff and so he can do the you know field goals when that he's called upon. He's not ice cold. Give him this extra one extra thing to do. It's not a hardship. And yet they're talking about changing that up. Because did you see that you saw a little bit of the Pro Bowl, you said? Oh, yeah. Never mind how that's turned into just uh, uh, this vast fuckery. Like this Has year. never been anything good? It's right up there well, with it used the, to be. That, float, that parade they have with the big balloons. I don't <laughs> care. It's not real. Well, it used to be, though, that fans would vote for their favorite players in the American Football Conference and the National Football Conference. And then the ones who got the most votes would play on that team. Those two teams would play each other in an exhibition game, and whatever would happen would happen, whoever would win. But this year, the fans voted, and then Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders picked their teams from those people like fucking fantasy teams. That's kind of fun. I like that. Really? I I don't know. I think that's, that's just totally dorky. Because okay, you end up with from a teams position where... of, of zero of hating this, so now now I'm like slightly interested. There oh, were okay. there were There's no kickoffs. There were no kickoffs in the game. You just yeah, took the ball lame. over on the 25 yard line. What the fuck? It's lame. not even the game anymore. Why play it if that's what you're gonna do? So yeah, I, I don't like. I mean, I'm not a purist. I thought it was awesome when they brought the two point conversion into the game. Remember when we didn't even have that? Yeah. That was in college? That was badass when we got that. And I yeah, don't I think, I don't dislike the, the rule now in overtime where if you get the ball, you march down the field, and you kick a field goal, the other team gets one shot to get the ball and try to match that field goal or score more. I like the fact that both teams get one shot at the ball in overtime as opposed yeah, to just sudden death. So there have been good rule changes. But the idea of getting rid of the extra point, I think, is just ridiculous. And I would not like to see that happen to the game. Nor would I. So, dude, what do you think of the Super Bowl, man? Who's going to win? Now, I know you probably are rooting for the Broncos, but do you think the Seahawks have a chance at this? Well, they have a chance. Yeah, they have a chance. Either side could win it. I think the Broncos will win it, but... Do you? I, yeah, they're, they're I really favored. Do. I think they're favored by two and a half or three, depending on who you listen to right now. Oh, really? I have no idea I was even picking the right team. And a lot of that, well, it, it's interesting because I, as I understand it, the Seahawks were favored by a point when the, the games ended last week. And then the money came in so hard on Denver in Vegas that it flipped the number. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That so market the market doesn't lie. No, the yeah, the money is is way heavy behind Denver for the Super Bowl, but I got a feeling, man, the Seahawks are all business, all business. Last time I think we were in 2005, that was the first time the Seahawks had ever made it to a Super Bowl. I think they were kind of just happy to be there. And you no, could, I think they actually tried to win. They, well, they tried, but you know, there's only <laughs> they just 
can't win a Super Bowl. Yeah, there's that that was a thing. But this time I think I think the Seahawks are gonna win this, man. And I think they're gonna win it decisively. I think oh, that I think the toughest game was the game against the 49ers. We will see. We will see this Dave Sunday. Manning has a way of uh, taking a group of people and making them win Super Bowls. He does. He does. But he also is terrible. He's like 0-4 in games that are uh, in weather less than 30 degrees. This is the one thing that I'm really starting to hate about football is how it's <laughs> becoming like baseball. With so many bullshit statistics you can pull out of your ass. Oh, but he's terrible and the weather is like this. And they've had so many third downs from beyond the 40. It, 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 I, I can't think that hard. Stop it. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you people. So, dude, do you got a political rant this week? I, I do. I have a pre-political rant, if you will. A pre-political rant? A pre-political rant. Because it's not a political rant, but it has the makings of a political shitstorm. Okay. Okay. Because everyone knows... Whiskey's for drinking and water's for fighting. And right now, California does not have water. We are at 17% of the snowpack of, of what we should have as far as a snowpack is concerned. And that's a big, big flipping deal. And even if you don't live in California, it's going to be a big, big flipping deal to you that we don't have water here because... If lettuce, you like to eat because what? lettuce. <laughs> if you like lettuce, if you like, if you like salad. your kale, if you like your Brussels sprouts. No, if you like to eat, then you're in trouble. A lot of people don't really still don't know that California is the agricultural powerhouse of this country. They, they think of these rectangular states in the middle of the country that they grow a lot of corn or soybeans. But if it's not a grain, if it's not a soybean, uh, and if it's not a critter, odds are it's grown in California. We California is responsible for something like half of the stuff that's grown in this country for food. And there are a lot of crops where all of it is grown here, like like all of it. And, and then not just like almonds and artichokes and... And walnuts and pistachios and things like that, but uh, but for example, tomatoes. Ninety percent of the processed tomatoes in this country grown right here. So if you like pizza sauce, if you like ketchup, if you like anything to do with the tomato that's not hand picked, yeah, you're in trouble. Peaches. You like peaches? People think, oh, Georgia peaches. No, I think a hundred percent of the Clingstone peaches are grown in California. And then the other kind of peaches, the, there's, what, Firestone and uh, a couple others. Most of them, like more than 50%, I think closer to 80% grown in California. Bottom line, there's a hell of a lot of food that's grown out of here, and it's not going to have the water it needs to be grown. So not only are those crops in trouble and going to diminish drastically, uh, the cattle, the hogs, the chickens... That's going to go away. So I don't know how all the politics are going to play out, but food is going to get more expensive. And other things are going to get more expensive, too. Without the water running into the rivers, it's not piling up behind the dams and turning the turbines to create electricity. So power is going to get more expensive. Another thing people don't think about is ag in California is a 
multi-billion dollar industry. It's tens of billions of dollars. That's going to get slashed. That money ain't going to happen. So there's going to be economic fallout from that. I'm telling you, people, unless the weather turns around in a big, big way, California is about to face a horrific drought. And it's not going to be one of these droughts you read about in a rectangular state where all of a sudden there's not corn coming out of Kansas. It's going to be there's not half the food there used to be in the produce section of your supermarket. And that is my pre-political rant. Well, it is literally raining outside here right now. What is the weather doing there? What is the weather doing? Uh, they had forecast rain today, and we got about one six hundred and twenty eighth of an inch. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> so not it, much. No, it rained for like thirty seconds, and it was awesome because that was the period of time my cat decided he needed to walk outside. And it's been so long since he'd seen rain. He walked out the door, and he almost jumped backwards through his asshole and turned himself inside out trying to get back in the house. <laughs> It was like, he jumped. it's the end of days! What is this? <laughs> nice. It was great. Wow. Well, that's, that's uh, kind of terrifying. Yeah. You're you just, like fish? Because the a... Pacific Salmon Run is going to be totally fuckered. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, it's terrifying. I don't know what to do about it. I get, you know, there is an upside because... There are things like kale, most of which is grown here, which won't be alive, thank God. <laughs> I won't have to try to figure out what to do with kale. Brussels sprouts, most of the Brussels sprouts are grown in California, so we won't have to worry about that, thank God. Cabbage, not a big fan of cabbage. I don't know. Huh. But meanwhile, the farms in Washington will be farting through silk. Yeah, you. Woohoo! White wine grapes, apples, and pears. Hope you like potatoes. Yeah, own potatoes. Yeah. Yeah, there's potatoes up here. I thought all the potatoes were in Idaho. And whiskey. Hey. Did <laughs> I tell you we did whiskey. we did a tour of the Woodenville whiskey uh, plant a couple no, of weeks see, ago? You misunderstand. You don't plant whiskey when they say No, whiskey they plant, plant corn. Like Everything that they use, they make a rye and they make whiskey and it's from or bourbon. It's made from corn that's grown everything's grown in Washington. It's really cool that it's like a the only thing, what is it? No, and they they make uh, the vodka is made out of apples, I think, or something like that. So everything is out of potatoes, or maybe it is. But it's it's all done. All the ingredients are from in the state, so that's pretty cool. You know, you guys have the hops up there now too, because you can't grow hops in California anymore, right? Except for just like little token nothings. Can't grow hops in Hopland. But uh, it's moving north. Eventually, if things keep warming up, you know, Canada is going to become the hops capital of the world. But I thought global warming was bullshit, though. <laughs> uh, climate change, I'm sure, is a liberal construct. But the fact of the matter is, you go to Hopland, there's no fucking hops growing there. <laughs> and yes, before we get an angry email from some agricultural expert, I understand that it's not the heat that makes it so you can't grow hops down here in the Sacramento Valley where they used to grow hops. I understand that. I understand that it is a fungus which thrives in the heat, which makes it impossible. So shut up. But California puts the fun in fungus. We do. But (laughs) that fungus is the kind that grows in a cow pie and makes you hallucinate. (laughs) The fun kind. (laughs) All right, dude, let's listen to another tune. All right. 
This one is from Schaefer to the Dark Lord off of his 2007 album, Mark of the Beast. This is The Rappist. Well, my name is Schaefer, and I'm here to say I can rock the mic in the old school way. I got a funky sound, and right about now I'd like to break it down. Uh, uh, say what? Don't call it hip-hop, because it really isn't. If you listen, it's similar, but just a little different. Rhythmically delivered lyrics over wicked beats are the end of this in hip-hop similarities. Because I don't bounce and I don't do rap hands. See, look at me. I look like an ass man. No crew, no gin and juice. I'm no Dr. Dre. I'm more like Dr. Seuss. I wouldn't use the word rapper. It's rather inaccurate. I do talk fast. Use rhyming words like immaculate. Hubba bubba bubble gum, bubblicious bubble yum. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. This is dumb. I don't rap about the ladies. All or individuals are call. My bitch and about the world political I don't send shout outs I don't ever front I just discuss a bunch of goofy stuff And say what? I'm not the baddest Or the fastest Or the baddest My name is SDD My people call me the rapist I'm no rapper This isn't hip hop Call me the rapist And you don't stop Well I'm not the baddest Or the fastest Or the fattest My name is SDD My people call me the rapist Everyone will wonder What the booker was under When I come on out And step to the mic you were asking for a rapper instead? You got the rapist, and it happens that there's no one I'm like. I don't freestyle. I only write my words, and I'm singing it to me, winging it's for the birds. I often get asked to by non-rapping band nerds. STD is the abbreviation for standard. Go. No DJ, no need for turntables. Just give me my box of 58 and a cable. And on stage DI and some monitors too. But keep the reverb off my mix, sound man. Thank you. And I don't play tough and say, step the fuck back. What the fuck is that? Huh? That's not how I act. I like to keep my audience up close to the stage. I'd rather you stay than chase the Way when I play. So where's Queens at? What? Where's Queens at? What? Dude, let me show you on this street map. Oh. It's right here over Roosevelt across the East River. That's enough of that crap. I got some raps to deliver. Oh. Everybody, look at me. Who's he? He's STD. He's a geek. He's no MC. Just who the hell's he supposed to be? Oh. And he's so, I don't know. I know he's no rapper. And that's when I go. Hotel, motel, holiday in. Killer out of sight, it's the rapist delight. When goosebumps are jumping out of your skin, I win. I don't dance, never, not a goddamn chance. I stand in the back, clutching a cup in my stance. One hand in my pocket, head nodding, hunched over. Sipping cheap yellow beer. Clear out before the show's over. When a rapper says, throw your hands up, I don't. When a rapper says, make some noise, I won't. Bossing your audience is awfully pompous So I'll never do it, that's a STD promise I'll never battle rap, or rap like I'm black And I'll try to never lose sight of just where I'm at God damn it! And I'll never do that again And by that I mean end a sentence with a preposition I got props for the real hip-hop Those who pop and lock to the beat of a boombox Those who cock their glocks and box Fuck the cops! It's just not how I rock, and I don't stop Everybody, look at me Who's he? He's STD He's a geek, he's no MC Just who the hell's he supposed to be? And he's so I don't know, I know he's no rapper And that's when I go Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge And I'm trying not to lose my head In the west, I'm the raddest, I'm the best I'm the rappest in the street, I've not a drop of cred I almost always write my rhymes on a page Of 3 by 5 notebooks, I buy a Rite Aid And I like to write them with a Pilot Precise 5 Rolling ball, black ink, and extra fine I don't need a titular line Stick into my themes and write original rhymes Indeed, I smoke weed, I rarely write without it But I don't really feel that means I need to rap about it I guess I often write a song by my formula Which is Three verses Followed by three choruses But never open going Yo, yo When I hear a rapper do that I go Oh, no Though I'm not implying That you don't know what you're doing But oftentimes Awful rhymes do ruin An otherwise perfectly fine instrumental I think you should avoid ink And write with a pencil And a race of parts That don't sound so hot This'll all be covered in my workshop Entitled This is how to write a rhyme 
At least it's how to write it in the style that's mine. Everybody, look at me. Who's he? He's STP. He's a geek. He's no MC. Just who the hell's he supposed to be? And he's so, I don't know. I know he's no rapper. And that's when I go. That's the sound of the police. But I really doubt they're coming for me. Because I've done no crime, I'm just doing my thing. I'm the rapper known as STD. Don't call it hip hop, because it really isn't. It's just a little different. Did you listen as I did it? I just spit a mile a minute, now I'll hit it and quit it. I'm only kidding, you with it, you win it, you get it. Well, I'm not the baddest or the fastest or the fattest. My name is STD, my people call me the rapist. Bass, how low can you go? Death row? What a brother knows. This is the end of the track called The Rapist, and thanks for coming out to the show. Once again, The Rapist by Schaefer the Dark Lord from Mark of the Beast. We put the silly in Silly Simon. <laughs> You're just putting stuff everywhere. I am. How about a little multimedia triage, man? How about a little multimedia triage? You know, I'm reading a book and it's not actually about Warhammer. <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? I don't know. Empire of Silver by Khan Golden. Oh, is he have a new one? Yeah, a new a new book it, about uh, the Mongols. It, so who's this one about? Well, Genghis Khan is dead, so it's He's, about the yes. struggle between his sons as they vie for power. Cool. And uh, it's a fairly cool book. It's a little bit scattered because it's telling multiple stories. It's not as focused, you know, just Genghis like the, the first three were. But it was a cool book, and... It's good to read because it brings you to the, the final book in the series, Conqueror, but it's the story of Kublai Khan. Okay. And yeah. that is a very focused, lots of swords and cannons and horses riding across the plains, conquest. It's awesome. So you've read them both? It's, there's two. I, I am like 90% through the, the final, the Kublai Khan book. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, I've got some catching up to do then. I, I'd say you do. I can't remember where I left off in that series. So you probably I, left out after the third Genghis Khan book, after, right where Genghis Khan dies at the end. No. <gasps> spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I read the one after that. So it was where the the one son goes off and builds his, his temple city, but he gets sick. Yeah, that's Empire of Silver. Okay, so I've, I've read that one. So oh, then okay. I, I need to read Conqueror. That's the one I haven't read. Yeah, you need to read the Kublai Khan. Cool. Because in Xanadu did Kublai Khan a stately pleasure dome decree, or out the sacred river ran through caverns measureless to man down to a sunless sea, or so we learned in AP English. Nice. Well played. Thank you. That just reading. about heard coming out. I've been uh, catching up on, I've been buying this comic for a long time, but I haven't been reading it. Uh, they've just been kind of piling up. But it's uh, the series Revival by uh, Tim Seeley and Mike Norton. And yeah. uh, it's kind of like a kind of a horror twist. It's basically about this small town in rural Wisconsin. And it just within the environs of this town, for whatever reason, for this one period, the dead start coming back to life. But, As they are wont to do. Right, but they're the very recently dead, and they just kind of go back to their normal business. That and sounds so, like a TV show that's coming yeah, out. Yeah, and so the, the town has been quarantined, 
while the the CDC comes in and tries to help figure out what what caused this, what's going on, and you have a number of things going on. You've got uh, there's the the sheriff of the town and his daughter, who's a policewoman. They are basically in charge of keeping the town together as they go through studying this process. And the younger sister of the policewoman turns out uh, she's already been killed and has come back, and she doesn't remember who killed her. So the sister has a murder investigation going. There's like this criminal family who is selling revived body parts to people for like replacement limbs and things. Oh, jeez. And so there's like all these little twisted stories that are going on, and uh, really well done. Mike Norton's art is really great. And uh, there's plenty of little side plots and interesting characterizations that really make the story compelling. So I'm so far uh, on issue 10 out of, uh, I think, 17 is the latest one to come out. And uh, really enjoying it. It's a really good series, and now is probably a good time to catch up on it. I would guess the first, there's a, at least one volume of graphic novel that you can pick up in order to get caught up. So I'd say definitely check it out. All right, cool. I uh, watched a couple of flicks. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I watched It's a Disaster. It had uh, David Cross in it and a bunch of actors I don't know. Is that like It's a Disaster whenever you get three nerd rappers? Yes. Every time I saw the title, I had that song going through my head. (laughs) Again, Schaefer the Dark Lord and Beefy and Front a Lot in the same tune. That's right. One of my favorites. But not on this show. Not on this show. Not on this show. It's not going to happen. No, we played uh, it before. Go back to that other episode. Yeah, go to the episode, listen to it, then come back here when you're done. Yeah, that, that's what you can do. Okay. You back? I'm Great. back. Good. So, nice to see the you. setup is, it's a couple's brunch. Several uh, couples together getting for brunch as they have done for years. But one of them, David Cross, is the odd man out. He's only recently started dating uh, one of the women in this group. And the brunch is one of these awkward things... You know, relationship-busting, awkward situations start occurring at the same time as apparently the world is coming to an end, or at least uh, there have been some horrific, possibly terrorist attacks. You don't know if it's war or what's going on outside. And hijinks um, ensue. Very funny. There were a lot of times when, you know, you, the scene is building up and building up and getting so awkward that it, it makes you laugh. Then there's like... The extra special awkward thing that happens that makes you laugh super hard. Really funny. The second movie I watched was called Thanks for Sharing, and its setup was very promising. A sex addict who's been, quote, sober for five years, meaning he hasn't uh, pulled the putt or had any extracurricular uh, sex, really any sex of any kind for five years, decides to start dating again. And it's listed as kind of a black comedy, and boy, was it not. Okay. It turned into one of these movies that's just all about how bad it sucks to be an addict. Oh, nice. And, don't watch that movie. So, thanks for sharing. Bad. It's a disaster. Good. Okay. Good to know. See, that's why we have you here, to provide these community service type projects it really is a community service i'm doing yeah well you know uh i haven't watched too many movies lately we've been watching kind of getting caught up on a few tv shows uh first my son is uh 
really digging on the uh, BBC series Sherlock with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. Yeah, that's a great series. Yeah, it's really good. We just actually finished the uh, first season tonight when uh, Moriarty's finally revealed. That characterization of him was fantastic. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's I, so I good. just figured the season finale would be when it's revealed that Sherlock Holmes is actually Khan. <laughs> no, 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 no. This was this is the first season. So the season that's playing now is season oh, three. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, I have seen that, and yeah, yeah. So uh, we're we're just catching up on that, and that's really fun. Really enjoying that. And uh, the other thing uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about is Archer. Now we mentioned that last week, kind of or the last episode. That did we mention how they broke the show? We weren't sure mainly because of me, whether or not. No, you hadn't watched it yet. I that, watched. That's right, yeah. And I've watched it now, and I've also read like an interview with Adam Reed. Basically what Archer did was it's been a spy show for four seasons now. And Adam Reed kind of woke up one day and said, you know what? There isn't very much more I can do with these characters in a spy show. So he broke the show. So basically it turns out that the ISIS organization was never actually licensed by the government to do anything it wasn't sanctioned by any government to do anything so they get shut down completely and broken up as an organization they move into cheryl tunt's house because she is a millionaire and it turns out that isis had absconded with millions and millions of dollars of cocaine yeah like a ton of cocaine (laughs) during one of their missions so now the show has turned into archer vice and it's a completely different kind of show with the exact same characters, which is awesome. because no, it's I think, the same kind of show. It's just they're not spies anymore. Right, yeah, they're not it's spies anymore. comedy. But yeah, no shows ever do that, where they get to, you know, a lot of a lot of shows go season four, season five, season six, and they just retread the same stuff over and over and over again. And Archer actually had the forethought to say, fuck that, let's do something completely different with these characters who are fucking crazy anyway, and do something, you know, completely new, with the people that you know and love. And I think it's going to be for a pretty great season so far. Yeah, two episodes in, and it is still funny. Yeah, so uh, good stuff. If you're not currently following Archer, it's definitely worth catching up on. Yeah, watch it. You know what else is worth catching up on? What's that? Helix. Have you started watching this I haven't seen Helix. It is on... It still pains me to say it. It's on the Sci-Fi channel, okay? You mean Siffy? Enough! (laughs) Yeah, you know, I don't know if it's supposed to be the next Walking Dead or the next X-Files or, or what, but it's it really is its own thing. And uh, at first blush, you might go, oh, it's a zombie thing. No, it, it's, it's cool. There's more going on. I don't want to give too much away, but the setup is there's a base in an international area, so it's beholden to no country, in Antarctica, and they're down there doing some sort of scientific research, because what the hell else would you do down there? And they contact the CDC because there is apparently some sort of an outbreak of a disease. And uh, at first blush, it appears to be a rage virus kind of thing. Same old brown, but uh, no, nah, there's some sort of plotting going on government extra government we're not sure personally i think there are aliens involved (laughs) the the acting is almost universally top-notch with the exception of one character 
who I kind of want to punch in the face. <laughs> okay. And uh, the the effects are absolutely excellent. The story is moving along well, and it's scary enough that uh, my lovely wife is completely incapable of being in the room when it's on now. So, <laughs> huh? Okay. It, it's made me jump a few times, and I'm a jaded individual. Honestly, it's good. honestly, I'm hesitant to watch any sci-fi project that doesn't have sharks and ornados in it. <laughs> there's possibly a NATO coming out. I don't think but there's a shot. on your recommendation, I will give it a shot. All right. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Cat NATO, though, when that comes out. <laughs> Cat NATO. It's, it's going to be a little bit more softer, cuddlier version of Shark NATO. <laughs> I think, aren't they doing a sequel to that? I think they are. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right, dude. Well, uh, why don't we listen to one more tune before we wrap this bad boy up? All right. The Schaefer's got too much good music, so we got to play another one. Why don't you uh, tell folks a little bit about this one? I think it's your favorite, or one of your favorites. Oh, The Bender. Okay. Yeah. I love this song. It's catchy, and it has a great video. So watch it and listen to it. Both.
the bender. And which drugs we gonna use? What, what, whatever. The last set of steps is some tricky stuff. Pick it up. Here we go again, y'all. Listen up. Now. Step out of the car. Put your hands up. Turn back to the top. Yo, buddy, what's up? Walk a straight line. Rocket heels to toes. Now stop. Tilt your head back. Touch your nose. With your right hand. Take hold of the hose and blow. Put them together. Pray it's under point oh eight oh. Blow it up. Get the cups and off you go. Spin it around. Now you're facing six months or so. But while you're doing hard times, you can have a good time. You can buy juice produced like hooch wine. You can get some yellow meth and do lines. That's right. You can do the bender on the inside. Penny pitchers, big spenders, booze and pills and grains in a blender. Drink till we forget, snort until we remember. We're gonna do the bender forever. Penny pitchers, big spenders. Now we're gonna boogie with the public defender. Drink till we forget, snort until we remember. We're gonna do the bender. Once again, that was The Bender by Schaefer the Dark Lord from his 2009 amazing album, Manslaughterer. <laughs> I hope you dug it. Uh, again, you, dug it you can find his stuff at SchaeferTheDarkLord.com. Yes. Thank yous. Of course, thank you to Mark Schaefer for joining us on the show. Absolute pleasure to uh, feature your work. Let's thank uh, all the folks who are providing games and or sponsoring the Bone Battle and Bone Bat Film Festival. A lot of folks there. And thank you to all the filmmakers who are sending in films for us to peruse to decide if they are going to be shown at the Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. We've still got room, so if you have a film or you have a friend who's a filmmaker, shoot in your horror comedies now because we definitely can find a place. If your film makes us laugh, makes us cry, gets a, a response out of Gordon and I, after all this time, we're jaded, but uh, if you put a great film in front of us, there's a really good chance you'll make it onto our schedule. So. And it doesn't have to be horror comedy. It can be horror. It can be comedy. It can. it can be the intersection of the two. We prefer things tending towards the horror That's rather true. than the comedy, but hell, we'll look at it all. And we like, I'll, I'll say this, we like a movie with a good twist. We definitely want a movie with a good twist. Yeah, if you've got a good twist, that's one of the things that will definitely catch our eye. And so will animation. We need animation. Oh, man, yeah. More animation. Gordon's been dry humping the animation hard. So this year, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a lot more animation than we had last year, which is a good thing. Yes, it is a good thing. All right, our usual bullshit. You can reach the show if you are so inclined at 425-296-6557. Or you can hit us up via email to steve at bonehand.com. You can find my work, such as it is, at mightywombat.com or on Facebook at mightywombat.com, all spelled out on Facebook. You can find new content on Bonehand.com ah, often enough, usually on Sundays. And uh, sometimes when there isn't a Bone Bat show, you might find the heavy half hour. Additionally, we've got a Bone Bat Facebook page for all of your show news and inappropriate humor. And Twitter, the Twitter thing. Yes, Mighty underscore Wombat is where you find me talking about my cat on Twitter. I'm Bonehand over there, and we also have a Twitter Bone Bat feed for, again, film festival news, all that kind of good stuff in small 140-character bites. Again, thank you for listening, and if you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. 
in closing this episode, we've got one more song for you from Shape of the Dark Lord. Now, this is from his Odds and Sods compilation, which hit in 2012 called Junk Drawer, which you can download absolutely free at his Bandcamp page because he is such a generous fellow. This song is A Lot Like Me by Shape of the Dark Lord. Hope you dig it. It was the closer when we saw him live, so I thought I'd do the same thing here. Again, this is Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. And go Hawks! Whatever. Door, don't let him in The guy inside your mind Stuck in your head And up under your skin Get in line to die No time to notify Next to kin Fight or flight time kid Ha 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 I win And I got No time to be A rhyme writing type one After I already Blew your mind Thrice on your iPod It's my job To write and spit The shit you get Psyched on That leaves you slack Jog going OMG Oh my god Since my inception I've been at this Incessantly Stressing second guess And overestimate enemies Since we met It's been a test I'm messing with your destiny is yes if you're guessing me STD Yes indeed So let's go Take my hand Notice it's so cold I'm undead Unfrozen Bloody nose It's so old My eyes go psycho When you're under my mind control The people have spoken And I'm the one you chose to know Do you like getting drunk? Do you like smoking weed? Do you like having sex? Then you're gonna like me Do you rock hip hop? Is this what you need? Look in this mirror and see You're a lot like me Do you like getting drunk? Do you like smoking weed? Then you're gonna like me Do you rock hip hop? Is this the shit that you need? Look in this mirror and see That you're a lot like me And like that and like this and up, uh, yes I was dusted up as fucking fuck when I cut this I'm the one that you will trust upon but not just yet The one that busting on you going, oh my god, fuck yes And with that, whack rap acts are falling flat After I smack them, snap their trap with falling gags Although you know my name is Mark, you aren't allowed to call me that Swallow jack and poke and smoke and follow that Holler back, and if you can or won't then don't But yo, just let me say, do yourself a favor Neighbor, say my name and go away Today is shame for day and so is every other day the papers say i made it so hey 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 anyway you know i bet when i first came around you doubted me you never heard a word about me now you cannot live without me you follow me around harassing me and hounding me and now you fucking clowns are going down with me do you love new york in the nyc do you love living laughing you have to like me are you a high by sci-fi vip look in this mirror and see you're a lot like me do you love new in the NYC Are you a hardcore dork? Then you're gonna like me Are you a high-fi, sci-fi, VIP? Look in this mirror and see You're a lot like me Instant, I will kill this for the kicker Spit too shit up up a skipping distance They'll all spit it sicker than you bitches in this business Getting killed with the quickness Now I've got to show you how I rap with the sickness You are on fire and dying The sky is now falling and sirens are calling your name And the last of your breathing is fevered as demons And goblins are awfully eating your brain The spot where you fall in the bell of shadow It's growing across you and darkens a place where you lie You look up to the sky and the
the last thing you see when you die is the smile on my face. Yeah, bitches. Come on. Do you like getting drunk? Do you like smoking weed? Do you like having sex? Then you're gonna like me. Do you rock hip hop? Is this what you need? Look in this mirror and see you're a lot like me. Do you like getting drunk? Do you like smoking weed? Do you like having sex? Then you're gonna like me. Do you rock hip hop? Is this the shit that you need? Look in this mirror and see that you're a lot like me. Oh, sweet Jesus, toe cramp. Toe cramp! Oh, that's not a game. <laughs> oh, God. Who thought you could hurt yourself during a podcast? Oh, sweet Jesus. All right, I'm all better. We can, we can podcast now. Third down, third down. Let's do this! Oh, hey, what's up, everybody? I'm just finishing editing this. It's 1.37 in the morning, Seattle time, the night before the Super Bowl, and I am super wound up, so I just can't let this go. I just discovered a song by Seattle musician, producer, rapper, Speculation, that's Speculation with a K, and uh, wanted you to hear this, leave you with one last tune to say, go Seahawks. This is about that action. By Speculation. You can find his stuff at speculationmusic.com. That's again speculation with a K. I hope you dig it. Go Seahawks! You kind of shy. Nah. You just don't want to talk, really, 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 really. I'm just about that action, boss. I'm just about that action. I'm just about that action, boss. You ready to go get it? You, you, you just, I'm just about that action, boss. I'm just about that action. I'm just about that action, boss. Beast mode. Just about that action, boss. I'm just about that action. I'm just about that action, boss. You ready to go get it? You, you, you just, just about that action, boss. I'm just about that action. I'm just about that action, boss. Beast mode. My back, kick back, mind my business. My back, kick back, mind my business. My back, kick back, mind my business. Was raised like that. Was raised like that. Be about that action, boss. Be about that action. I'm just about that action, boss. I'm just about that action. I'm just about that action, boss. You ready to go get it? You, you, you just, just about that action, boss. I'm just about that action. I'm just about that action, boss. Beast mode. I'm just about that action, boss. I'm just about that action. I'm just about that action, boss. You ready to go get it? You, you, you just, just about that action, boss. I'm just about that action. I'm just about that action, boss. You ready to go get it? You, you, you just like to do it. That's what it is. I ain't never seen no talking with me nothing.